It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I did. Our favorite NFL sideline reporter is now joining us live from, I believe, her house in Pittsburgh. It is. This is not in Carolina yet. What's up, Aditi? She's America's favorite sideline Uh, reporter. You know, wait, what was that, Shay? I said she's America's favorite sideline reporter. Uh, Not just our favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I just went to the this morning and talked about how nervous I am. About? About the job, about all of it, about being on the NFL today, about the sideline gig and making sure I don't miss anything juicy that Baker does or does not do, which I mean does. It's it's TV, whether you do it at the NFL Network or at CBS, you don't need to hear this from me. The, The moving parts of it don't change. It is what it is, and you're terrific at it. nerves be damned you're gonna kill it i guarantee you well i appreciate that thank you thank you thank you right now i'm having angst over the fact that at 6 a.m i got dressed in my running clothes ready to go run it's now noon i still haven't gone out for my run so do i just bag it (laughs) or do i do it it. (laughs) it. he's never a good idea so yeah you bag that immediately also aditi are you wearing panthers colors on our show right now she is it's a Super Bowl hat. Okay. No, I do. I have a problem. Okay, so have you guys seen the weather, the expected weather on yes. Sunday? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, like, of course, I'm the queen of bad weather. I can never leave it. Even if I leave Cleveland, I'm still in bad weather. I have a problem. I have exactly two raincoats. Well, I have one that's an NFL Network one that, obviously, CBS doesn't want me to wear. But <laughs> wear it. orange. And the other one is two shades of blue, which are the Panthers' two shades of blue. So you have to go buy Sounds a like you're going shopping. Yeah, yeah, you're going shopping, not running. I, I don't have time. I don't have time. That's what the problem When's is. your I flight? I don't have time to go shopping. I mean, CBS has got 8,000 CSI shows. Don't they have the money to buy you a jacket? <laughs> uh, no, apparently my America's producer did most ask them, do we have CBS-issued rain gear? And he was told no. I mean, that's just terrible. So. Terrible job by CBS. Yeah, they've got, go. it, they've got to do no, better. Hey, we're not ripping my new employer before <laughs> I start. Hey, look, look, look. <laughs> You got to catch them. They'll bull or get you. Yeah, Bad job true. out of them. Next thing you yeah, know. I'm just saying, if you see me in one of those clear garbage bags, you'll know why. Yeah. Because I was <laughs> what you should do is look up. Did you ever see the movie The Fisher King with Robin Williams? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He dresses yeah. up. He walks around the park with like a stickball bat and a garbage bag over him. And it's not clear. It's like a black garbage bag. That I think that could be a new look. You could start a new style with that, maybe. Maybe, I, but you know, I try to not wear black on TV. It's okay. like the black hair on the black. I just avoid it. Yeah, you, you can get one when you land in, in Charlotte. I'm sure they've got stores there that have raincoats. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. If you I know what? Can I confirm? There's at least one store in Charlotte that sells raincoats. And writing notes, and you should see all the notes I've taken on Baker Mayfield and um, what are you Baker speaking Mayfield to him? Baker what, Mayfield. What are you speaking to Baker? Are you speaking to him? Definitely. Saturday, okay. and I hope that I get to talk to him Sunday when he um, comes when to he the stadium. Oh no! No, oh, I mean when he, you know, pregame talk yeah. to him. What is the? What do you think? Like, if you could only ask him one question, what would you want to know from him right now? Oh gosh, talk about putting a person on the spot. I know. I'm sorry. Um. First of all, Aditi never asked just one question. I know that, but if yes. you only had one. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, when I was told I could only have three with Deshaun Watson, you know how many hours it took me to figure out what those three were? Mm, to winnow it down? I almost, you know, I almost wonder if it <clears> might <throat> just be what I've already asked him, which he didn't have an answer for then. And I'll take you back to when the Browns were in Cincinnati last year. Sorry, Adam, I know not a good feeling for you, but it was that Odell Beckham week. It was the week that Odell Beckham's father put out that video suggesting that his son was constantly open and Baker just never saw him. And then Odell was asked to stay home from the facility two days in a row. And the Browns ultimately decided to release him, grant him his release. And then 
obviously the Browns go into Cincinnati, who would eventually go on to the Super Bowl, but Cincinnati had been tremendous. In fact, that was one of only two losses I saw Cincinnati uh, play in last year. I think I covered them nine or ten games, and they won every game except the Super Bowl and that one against the Browns. Now, obviously, there was that very early pick six from Denzel Ward. That was there. There was the huge touchdown huge. run by Nick Chubb. Yeah. But Baker also largely played a mistake-free, good, solid game. And after that game, <clears throat> I said to Baker something along the lines of why he continues to get so up for these moments, why does he continue to love having sort of this idea of the world against him? And why can't he just bottle that every week? Like, why is it, most guys will tell you, and this is a conversation, I know you didn't like it, Adam, when I said this last week, but I said, most guys are gonna tell you like, a quote in a locker room, a bulletin board quote, doesn't really do that much for them. You know, I just got off the phone with John Johnson, the Browns' great, brilliant safety, and he said no one even talked about the shirt. He's like, he saw Baker's shirt on Twitter, but like no one has brought it up. Mm -hmm. Not even to like laugh about it or roll their eyes or say Baker is being Baker. And that's just the Browns personality coming off of Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski just really focused on the work. And Baker, this like goes back to high school when he played at a huge high school and everybody that faced his team and on his team was recruited by a major school and nobody offered him. And then he go walks out of Texas tech. Then he transfers to Oklahoma and he takes it to Texas tech twice when he faces them. Then Hugh Jackson says, whatever it is that Hugh Jackson says and is jettisoned out of Cleveland. And what does Baker do the first time that he sees Hugh Jackson across the sideline in Cincinnati, 22, 21 consecutive passes. I better look that up. Right. Does anybody know off the top of their head? I You're right. You remember. It's, it's in that. I think it is 22. He was on fire. Yeah, and again, so it was like last year when he's in Cincinnati after Odell Beckham's dad, of all people, is going after Baker, and Baker comes out and leads his team to this great victory. I, What is it? And even now, the shirt, like that to me just shows that the guy can't ever shake it. Like he knows that he needs some sort of added edge or some sort of extra because, you know, it was the great Joe Thomas who made the point about the shirt. He can do whatever he wants to do, but he has worked so hard and so consciously this entire time that he's been in Carolina to show that he's matured and that he's not, you know, succumbing to this nonsense and he's not getting involved in all of the little extracurricular stuff. And then the day after he tries to downplay an exchange that he had with Cynthia Freeland, out comes his shirt. And he clearly loves having the target on his back. He clearly loves being the underdog. He clearly loves having people question or doubt him. And they're doubting why he would do this, why he would create this extra attention or this extra spotlight or this extra target. That's because that's who he is. And I would just love to know, like, why? Why isn't it enough to just go out there and want to beat the guy opposite you? Why isn't it enough to just want to go out and give it your best every single time. Why do you need an added insult to get up for the game? Like that piece, I just, mm. I don't know. We need a psychologist I, to get I, to the bottom I of that. I don't think it's that fascinating a and question. I do. I No, I do. I'd like to know that too. I'd, I'd like to know what's going on inside his brain. And Aditi, that's why I think he'll never reach the levels that you expect a franchise quarterback to reach because – he only he plays his best when he has those moments. Mm-hmm. What do you do in the other thirteen right. games? The other fourteen games, and and exactly. and that's why I I just I gave up on him midway through last year. That they you just to move Jason, on. you can't manufacture a slight every single that's day. Exactly yeah. and that's, that's just exactly no it. way to live, right? So like that's the piece that I get it that sometimes you know I joke about this personally, and I think Adam, I may have even told you this once a few years ago when we were talking about my own work situation. There are honey people and there are vinegar people. Mm. My mother, for instance, is a vinegar person. You tell her she can't do something and oh my gosh, she will run you over to prove you wrong. I don't really operate that way. I like honey. I like you telling me that I'm good and I work that much harder to prove you right. So I don't really understand why the guy needs vinegar. And obviously you can't get vinegar every single day. Like it just doesn't, I don't know. That piece is weird, and to your point, I think that is what's holding him back. I, I also wonder how different 
the offense really is. You know, he's trying to say that he's unleashed. He's trying to publicly talk about how Matt Rule gives him more freedom. He's taking kind of these subtle jabs at Kevin Stefanski last year being too conservative and chaining him up. And, you know, you guys were just talking about this. That might be chicken and egg. Was Kevin Stefanski conservative because of what Baker was capable of? Or is Baker saying that he was held back by a conservative Kevin Stefanski? I mean, I would argue the former rather than the latter. But really, I mean, it's not like the Browns are watching Oklahoma tape. It's not like Baker's going to be suddenly playing schoolyard football. Go look at what Bob McAdoo, Ben McAdoo. Why do I keep calling him Bob? Yeah, I did that the day he was hired, Katie. And was a ruining for the Giants. Yeah, and I did that the day he was hired. (laughs) They got my ear and said the Giants hired Ben McAdoo, and I called him Bob. not worth remembering his first name. (laughs) But, Aditi, to your point, last year I asked Trent Dilfer, does Kevin's system limit his quarterbacks, or does Kevin build his system around limited quarterbacks? And Trent basically said, Baker tries to do too much. He tries to play like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and he's not those guys. Don't try and save the play call. Just run what's in front of you. And I'll be curious to see moving forward this year. He could say whatever he wants about Kevin's system was bottling up or had him on the chain or whatever. He sucked last year. That's why the system was what it was, because he couldn't complete a pass down the field. So I'll be curious to see. And we had the Panthers play-by-play guy on earlier, and I'm, 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 I'm really anxious to see Carolina's offense and how, many, how much similarity there is to what Baker has run here, if any, or if it looks completely different. And I mean, one would argue, right, like he did also take sort of a subtle job saying, well, clearly they were always going to run first or they believed in their run game. Well, by the way, the Panthers have Christian yeah. McCaffrey, right. who they happen to think is one of Get the best backs it. in the game. And yeah, I mean, Baker has DJ Moore, sure, but in Cleveland, Baker also had Odell and Jarvis Landry. You know, like, so right. I, I just... Again, we'll see. I'm I'm obviously excited just from a spectator's standpoint, from a journalist standpoint. We know that it's not going to be a vanilla game. I keep we keep saying this that there are such juicy add-ons, and as much as like sometimes you just want the game to be the game, you just want the football to be the football, and it's enough to talk about a beautiful sack or a beautiful spin move. It's always fun to have a little extra juice. So sure, uh, you know, like I'm eager to see who hugs, who hugs Baker Mayfield yeah. first. Uh-huh. You know, when he gets out on the field, do people make a beeline for him? Does he actually walk over and say hi to guys before he starts warming up? What's his interaction with Kevin Stefanski like? You know, he, he said he was eager to get a hug from Nicholas Chubb. Does that actually happen? You know, I don't know. I, I'm curious about all of that. Just as interesting will be Aditi at the end of the game. Because a lot of times before the game, some players just right. don't like to go anywhere near the opponent. They just, they've got to keep sure. their anger up. But after the game, I think it's going to be very telling how much time he spends on the field, who he talks to, who he doesn't talk to. We look at all right. of that. That's if he Whether makes it means to the anything end of the game. Or not. And you know what, Jay? It's so interesting that you say that because I was literally just thinking about this the other day. If I just lost... A game. I don't know that I'd hang out for ten minutes, hugging guys, and I know laughing, I exchanging jerseys. <laughs> like I'm a bad loser. I, I am like, too. Okay, I can't see ya. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Indeed, if Baker loses, there is that piece of it where guys can at least turn it off for a few minutes to be charming and smile and do all of that. What about that? You think anybody's going to ask Baker for his jersey? Well, no. I'll, I'll, no. I'll ask this. Nicholas Chubb. If Baker, if, if that's <laughs> right, Chubb might do that. <laughs> if Baker loses his game, do you think he does shake hands? Will he say anything to anybody or he walks off? I don't know, because remember, what, what was the game last year where he he refused to talk Detroit. after the game? After they, they won. They won, and he was still miserable. Yeah. I, I think he goes so and finds Nick and Chubb. He wouldn't even talk to people. I don't know, but that just made me have a laugh. I'm going to ask Miles Garrett about that. If Miles Garrett completely dirties Baker Mayfield's jersey, like if it's just a mess of blood and grass and dirt, and yeah. I don't even know if it's field turf or grass. What if he knocks out him out of the game? Like if it's got like, stuff on it, <laughs> is Miles going to ask Baker for his jersey after? Did your jersey swap? <laughs> No, I doubt that. that. Yeah. Not gonna I do would say, yeah, no, no. What, <laughs> what the besides for Aditi, and Miles hang up jerseys? Go I know ahead, that sorry. you've, um, I know you've been immersed in this matchup all week. Um, what decides it? I think the Browns' defense, quite frankly. I mean, I just, I feel as if this defense is poised to be 
a number one, number two, number three, you know, don't put a number on it, but an elite, elite, elite amongst the best defense in the NFL. And I think, can they rattle Baker Mayfield? Can they get to him? Can they force him into making not great decisions? Can they come away with, you know, what, they like to call splash plays, the takeaways. I'll reference John Johnson again. We were talking earlier about how much of a difference everybody being together in year two makes and how last year there was a process. You know, you had a young player like Greg Newsom, but you also just had communication. You know, Troy, um, John Johnson was new. There were new pieces. There were whatever, seven or eight new starters a year ago. When was it that guys really started gelling? And he said it was a loss. It was that primetime game against the Ravens, but there were four takeaways. And it was like after that game, we knew that we could dictate things. And I feel like this is a team that could do that. Yeah. The, the Panthers are so high on Christian McCaffrey right now. Can they contain him in some way? You know, he's supposedly in the best shape of his life, and he's supposedly been – held back a little bit by the coaching staff being protected from himself essentially. So can they contain him? DJ Moore, who quietly is an elite, elite, elite receiver who's played with a whole parade of questionable quarterbacks. Ostensibly, he's got better quarterback play than he's had in his career. What does he do? You know, or can you kind of contain him? I don't know. I, I really do think that this game comes down. It's a very AFC North answer, but I think it comes down to the Browns defense. Yeah, and I think when you, just to follow up on that, Aditi, like the Browns on paper have one of, if not the best secondary in all of football. Their issue over the last couple of years, especially last year since adding Newsom, is they have a lot of injury-prone guys in their secondary, but everybody's healthy to start this right. season. And as good as DJ Moore is and Robbie Anderson to some degree, I love the matchups for the Browns' corners and I think the, the, the secondary, which is you talked about John Johnson, and I didn't think John Johnson had a great first year with the Browns, and I'm expecting him to have the much, a much better season this year. And I think with that secondary, I think Moore and Anderson are going to have a hard time co coming open, at least right away. And that's where Miles Garrett could do his damage if they're trying to get the ball downfield. Because we know Baker tends to hold on to the ball longer to try to make something happen, and that's when he gets in trouble. Right, and you and in Grant Delpit, you've got a guy that didn't necessarily start all of last year, but he played so much. And he yeah. and John Johnson have been communicating so much. I mean, even on the practice field, you listen. It's the chatter. It's the, you know, if they're silent. I, I remember Jesse Bates telling me this with the Bengals, that if, if I'm not seeing the safeties talk, then they're in trouble. And so basically what Jesse was saying is that Jesse Bates and Von Bell need to be talking the whole time. And when you watch the Browns secondary, when you watch John Johnson and Grant Elpit, you see that constant communication. You also see that with the corners. And to your point about being hurt, they're so deep at corner now. You, know, mm -hmm. you don't need anybody necessarily to play 60 snaps. You have guys you want to. I mean, you'd love to have Greg Newsom chase DJ Moore everywhere, including in the slot, or Denzel Ward, or, mm -hmm. you know, but... If Greedy is healthy, he's serviceable, too. And how about the rookie, MJ Emerson? He looked good. You know, so, like, yeah. again, I like that there are a number of bodies that can do different things, and Joe Woods can mix things up a little bit more this year because of that. Yeah, I think, you know, we're all concerned about the defensive tackle position. It's the one, you know, it's the only, it looks like the only weak spot on the defense. But they don't need those guys to be great. They don't need them to get sacks. Or, they just need to be stout in the middle and hold up there and be right. solid. Because the rest of the defense... I actually think they're – I mean, I think JOK and Anthony Walker, in, a, in, a, in an age of the NFL where most teams are only using two linebackers most of the time, like, those two guys are really good. JOK is just – I think he's going to have a monster season. Their ends are awesome. They're deep. I mean, you're right. I think there's no reason it, with relative decent health why the Browns can't have the best defense in all of football as long as their defensive tackles are not awful. They just need to be adequate, right. and I think they're going to be great. As a, as a unit. And, and to that point, we keep saying this, they're young and they're hungry and they're physical. And, yeah. you know, up there, if there's one place where you can sort of get away or your, your, your physicality can ameliorate some of the youth, I think it's there. I think it's in the <laughs> middle of a defense. I think yeah. it's playing that hard nose, you know, push, push the line. Because remember, the Panthers have a new line too, a newly constructed line, which they hope is better, which they think is better. But you know, they're playing together for the first time. I just don't know that we're going to see a ton of offensive fireworks. And maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know. But I still think that 
the Browns would favor a methodical ball control, control the clock, you know, move the ball, move the chains, don't constantly be gunning for the huge play. And I don't know that the Panthers are capable of being a constant quick strike, huge play offense. So that's why yeah. I'm saying I think it's really about the defense, about mm. the Browns defense. Aditi, so often you get a read from the players and how they're interacting and what their overall mood is through training camp, breaking camp, getting ready for the season. Do you get a sense that this Browns team feels internally that they're on the cusp of something very special? Or do you get a sense that they're looking around with no Deshaun Watson saying, how are we going to get this done? Are, are they leaning one way or the other for you? Yeah, you know, I, it's amazing. It really is. It really is remarkable. You don't see that, the latter, at all. And again, it just has to be that the personality of Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry just absolutely permeates this organization, this locker room, this team. And, you know, these players have known from the time that Deshaun Watson was signed, that they would be without him for some period of time. I don't know that six versus 11 versus 12 versus nine, you know, I don't know how much those numbers matter that much to them psychologically. And I think the bigger thing here, guys, is that Jacoby Brissett is an easy guy to buy into. You know, externally, and that's another thing. I was asked this on the radio this morning, why, you know, the Browns are an underdog or why people, when you look at their roster top to bottom, because look, let's be honest, this is one of the most veteran, best offensive lines in the league. This is most definitely the deepest, best running back room in the league. This is a room with three now very nice tight ends, two that do a really good job blocking and are reliable pass catchers, and Jesse James can catch the ball too. This is a team that... Yes, outside of Amari Cooper has some young unknown wide receivers, but not horrible wide receivers. I mean, David Bell, nobody knew what Jamar Chase was going to be at this point of last year. And I'm not saying that David Bell is going to be Jamar Chase, but you got to let a young guy at least show us what he has. So the offense looks pretty good outside the quarterback position. And the defense, as you just said, no obvious glaring holes or question marks other than defensive tackle. So really, I think all the doubts about the Browns externally are generated about Jacoby Brissett. And yet internally, the guy is very clearly a leader. The guy is very clearly somebody whose demeanor brings people along. I mean, he's just got this very, very level sense of poise. He's a professional. He's done it at different places with different teammates. Bill Parcells is his mentor. You know, like, I don't know. I just think that they have the players have a lot more faith in what Jacoby Brissett can do to move the ball and move the team than perhaps people externally do. And I think that Jacoby Brissett's got that confidence because he knows the Browns wanted him. The Browns came after him before they secured Deshaun Watson. They did, yeah. Aditi, final question before we get you out of here. Um, who is this game more important for, the Panthers or the Browns? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'd argue the Browns because I think the Browns have aspirations to show that they are a contender here. I mean, it's obviously it's important to both. From... Supposedly, Matt Rule's job is on the line, and he's got some job security questions. And obviously, the Panthers won just five games a year ago. They're looking for a big leap. You know, I actually just looked that up. In the last two years, five teams have improved their win total by at least five wins, and all of them had either a new head coach or a healthy quarterback or a new quarterback. or So either a new head coach or a new quarterback or a healthy quarterback. 
And so the Panthers have brought in a new quarterback. The hope is that they improve that five-win total by at least five. There is precedent for that. Baker Mayfield was responsible for actually doing the same thing in 2018. He was a new quarterback, and the Browns won more than five games than they'd won the previous year. But I still sort of think that much more is expected of the Browns, and a much bigger spotlight is on the Browns, not only because of who's on their roster, but because of the Deshaun Watson trade. And so there's just more riding there, it feels, like than the Panthers. I don't know what's really expected of the Panthers. Yeah, I think they probably have a sense they're playing with house money. And to your point, the Browns do have aspirations. And it, one thing that will sink aspirations in a hurry is losing on the road to a team that, at least internally, you feel like you should win. No it's not a good way to start right. a season. And it's the whole 1-19-1 on opening, on opening week that is still hanging over your head for a franchise right. to completely wash itself of a poor culture. One by one, they have to eliminate things like that. So they never have to hear about it again. And I remember the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl. They were oh and forever when it was 32 degrees or colder at kickoff. And they, you know, we in the media love that when I was working in Tampa, that was like, Oh, okay, here they go. They're going to green Bay. It's going to be 30 degrees. We know <laughs> what that means. They finally did it. And I remember, if, if you don't right. think it's a big deal, the players were celebrating the fact that they got that off right, their back. Right, yeah. And I think this is big for the Browns because they're done hearing about that stat. Even though most of them had nothing so, to do with it, right. they don't want yeah. to hear it. Two points to that, Jay. So, one, I actually just read this. Last year of the 14 playoff teams, 10 won in week one. So there is something to be said for setting a tone and starting That's the season interesting. in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not everything. The year that the Browns finally broke that playoff streak, they played an absolutely horrific week one game at the Ravens. So it's not everything, but it is like a nice trend. And then to your point, as much as a player will sit here and try to poo poo a stat like that, (laughs) tell me again, the one in 21 and one or whatever, you know, this idea in Kevin Stefanski tried to say it was nothing like, ah, most of these guys are new to the team or how many of these guys were even born, you know, whatever. The truth is the media brings it up. They get asked questions about it. I will never forget the year that the Browns, oh wait, I won't, I won't, I'm not going to share this one right now. I'm sorry. I'll wait for the next week. That's okay. You know what's funny about this, Jay? It's like now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking of my stories and it's like, don't use your best material before Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Save it anyway. for kickoff. Save it for yeah, kickoff. Exactly. And we'll all be no, watching to see what you decide. We'll all be watching to see what you decide on with the raincoat. I'm sure you'll <laughs> knock it out of the yeah, park. Unless I get lucky. Unless I get lucky, maybe you can all just say a prayer to the rain gods for me. Well, you'll figure it out. I know you will. She's America's favorite sideline reporter, <laughs> Aditi Kinkobala. Aditi, thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great, Bye. great game. We can't wait to watch you in action I'll on see Sunday. You down there. I'll thank see you, there. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. She's Bye, gonna, guys. She's going to kill it. I, I will tell you that um, in situations like she's in, she's as prepared right now as Jay Feely. If, if she had to, she could sit in the booth and be sure. the color person for this game. In reality, they'll probably come to her six times would be a lot. Yeah. But um, she's a pro, so she's going to be overly prepared. And when she comes out of it, she's going to like, wow, I worked 40 hours for two minutes of airtime or whatever. <laughs> but that's what makes her the pro uh, she by is. By the way, I always find, you know, I, sometimes I find that some uh, play-by-play guys on TV almost try to force too many stats in there. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's like they work so hard to prepare. They, uh, yeah, they want to force. I've got them on this steps. sheet. I'm going to use yeah, it. Yeah, I got to use it. Yeah, I hate when they do that. Uh, Let it breathe. What right? do you got, McNuggets? It, it is time for what the internet is saying, and it's tied to the Brown season. So before we tell you what the internet's saying, let's tell you who brings you what the internet says, and that is our favorites at PCC Airfoils. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits. PCC Airfoils is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of Number PCC one. Airfoils in Eastlake, Mentor, mm-hmm. Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and signing bonuses. Yeah, all the above. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Baby got PCC. Mm. And one <laughs> strike one for bowl. You can't win them all. What are you gonna do? So we asked the internet this morning. We did. Let's take tag board here full. Mm. 
It is the first day of the NFL season. We wanted to wish a happy first day of NFL season to those who celebrate. Happy Gifts. New Year. Using Gifts only make me nauseous. I can't even look at it. Really? Yeah, I, it, it makes me want to throw up seeing that repeat over and over and over. That's a strange. I can't look at it. I, I literally am going to get nauseous. But if I look at it, I can't look at it. Oh. Using only a gift, tell us how you're feeling about the Brown season as a whole. Yeah. And we got a bunch of gifts. Let's get to the first one. I hate when they repeat that quickly. Speaking of phobias. I'm going to throw up. This person from <laughs> Superstore Prayers. I think some of us feel the same way. Could and the look on the what face, Superstore? It's it's a, it was not a very good It was sitcom. kind of a – I thought they tried to rip off The Office a little bit. There are no good sitcoms. And it, was it, really, good. it really didn't make the grade. But they, they stuck with it for a long mm. time. Number two, I like this one the most of my personal favorite. I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what it means. What do you it mean you don't nervous. know what it means? <laughs> Pooping M&Ms. <laughs> I just thought this was funny. I, I didn't know if this one. meant, like, terrible or bad, but I just – Well, based nervous. on the look on his face, yeah, he's – he's and what he's doing. That's going to be what Baker looks like after Miles Garrett hits him a few times. <laughs> and last but not least, our most positive response – the Lombardi Trophy. That's nasty. <laughs> yeah, don't look. God, I mean, f- in this age of COVID, I'm sure that was pre-COVID, but that's it's gross. nasty, bro. Yeah. They're, 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 Bull just brought up a bunch of things. Like, that was a weird thing to, like, some people have weird things that they just can't do or, like. Yeah. Uh, I can't smell eggs. If I'm around so, eggs, I, I, I'll throw up. So, I. So, do you eat eggs? Never. <laughs> Kidding me, bro? You ever smell those eggs. nasty things? <laughs> That's weird. You know why God put our nose on top of our mouth? So we don't put crap like that in it. <laughs> hard-boiled eggs. You like oh, hard-boiled oh, no, eggs, no, no, bro? Love them. Love them. Do you no, ever no, smell no, them? No. I'm cool on that. Have I told you guys I have no sense of smell? None? Zero? Is this completely. a COVID thing or no, your whole life? No. I was, since I was seven years old, it's kind of a weird story how I found out, but I have no sense of smell. At all. So, so d- 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 that's usually attached to your taste. Wow. So, can you taste anything? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's maybe well, a little different than how you guys taste. Nuggets. Right. So, so, but if you put like barbecue chips, sour cream, and onion chips, regular, you can't I can tell taste them. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can. But can. no sense of smell. That's bizarre. What, what happened? When, I, well, I don't. I was just born like that. But when I was in second grade, we were learning about Helen. Just true story. Swear it. Swear it. We learned about Helen Keller, and yeah. we we're doing the sense test. And we were seven things in front of us, and you had to guess which one each was. And I guessed peanut butter for all seven. And my teacher was like, stop being an idiot, Mike. Like, do yeah. this seriously. I'm like, Miss Merker, they all smell like peanut butter to me. She goes, well, do it again. If you think they all smell like peanut butter, go to the nurse. I need and you to go to the doctors. The <laughs> nurse gave me a Tylenol like I was going to fix it. Right. Oh, yeah. That, you know. I eventually went to the hospital. She clearly went to nursing school. Great, great right. school you went to. I Give went a Tylenol. I went to the hospital. Be all right. did some x-ray on my nose. And the olfactory nerve in my nose, it just isn't connected. Wow. It's, just, it's like two millimeters off. So, like. There's no smell that goes no from smell. here. I wonder, you there's that times face? that would be a good thing. I'm sure that I'm very self Yeah, what, like that's why a, you didn't get the courtesy flush the other right, day. With the pooping. He didn't know how bad it was. <laughs> hey, d- 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 can you get that fixed? I guess maybe with the nose. Could they reattach I don't know. Nerves? nerves are tricky, I'm sure man. you would know about it Nerves now. are really why tricky. Why would you want to do it at this point? I mean, yeah, my back's all screwed up, too, and I never got that fixed. I'm just a... You're like a genetic well, mishap, crazy. bro. That's crazy. I thought I was weird. You know, I, I have the ability, I grow extra bones. I have an extra bone in my leg. What? Yeah, they took it out and it grew back. Is this a joke? No, facts. <laughs> I feel like there's a so, joke coming. So you, so you have a tibia and fibia, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Olivia? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of turmoil <laughs> around here. Yeah, it's all kind of, man. We got Umar Gaddafi down there going, let me out. Blood diamonds and everything. <laughs> like, there's, there's, this, there's, a, uh, there's a bone that grew from one bone and attached itself to another bone. Oh, no. And then they took it out. So oh, they, so it's, it, you're straight now. Yeah, but no, then, it grew, then yeah, it grew back. It grew back? And they just left it in. That yeah, is they're like, weird. At that and point, it's like you're like, uh, what's that animal? Like, are you like a you know, like when you cut a worm's head off, it like it like keeps going. Well, yeah, I, that a worm well, regenerates. I don't have to. I don't. I'm not, I'm not regenerating no digits though. Like that's not happening. But I never you're drink, like the Terminator. I never drink milk. So I don't drink milk either. Um, I, I, one day I just w- w- walked up and like I threw my bottle down, didn't want milk. Well, that's I won't why I drink milk now because I have like extra. Yeah. You have calcium, and that's surplus. why Jay yes. doesn't. Yeah. You don't eat fish. I don't smell. eat fish. You smell. don't eat mushroom smell. That's the worst so smell. Mushroom smell the, to I hate me that. makes me nauseous. So nasty. It's the worst smell. And that's why I don't eat eggs. I love mushrooms. All right, guys, we got we got a couple things we've got to get to today. So you don't talk about bad smells anymore. Rehit this information. Yes, we are going to do good bet, bad bet, real quick. Okay. Now, just so you guys know, because it's going to take us a day or two to build all the graphics we need to build for our new system. 
Friday's bets will count, but we're not counting. So it's a useless today. segment. So of these bets, are these are just for fun. Just, just for fun. Just for the okay. People. It okay. is Thursday. As if the other ones were it's for like anything other than fun. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's Thursday night football tonight. The start oh. of NFL season. Yeah. Three bets related yeah. to that. So let's take the first one here, Mike. Rams. They're underdogs at home against wow, the Bills. Wow, we're all bad bet on that. And you guys all said bad bet. No one believes in Sean McVay, who has not lost the season opener in his career. I know he has. It's it's something to do with Sean McVay. And he's McVay. also undefeated when he's ahead of half. I'm concerned about Matthew like Stafford that. physically. Um, yeah, I, and there's reason to be concerned, right? Yeah. We found out that he had off-season elbow surgery. Oh, yeah, that's right. troublesome. Ooh. Yep. And, I'm and, surprised nobody went good with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think surprised. Josh Allen going to throw for about 5,000 yards this year and rush yeah. for like eight. I hope so. I got him in our fantasy league. 5,000? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll throw for 6,000. I mean, 5,800 on the ground is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's true. Okay, so we're Number all two. in agreement on that one. We are not all in agreement here. Bull does not yeah. believe we hit the over. Okay, and this is it. Like, this is an example of something Jay brought up earlier where – uh, we all think one thing, right? Yeah. Everybody thinks this game I is going over. I almost went bad because of that. All right. Everybody thinks this game is going over. Even if the final score were 27, 24, it'd still be under. And I have a feel, I agree. The bills offense is going to be cooking in this game, but I really think the Rams offense is going to struggle in this game. And I, I think they're going to be held to the low twenties. And so I don't, I, I, you know, and listen, the bills could put up 40 points and then it's an easy over. Uh, and, and, and as my good friend Dustin Fox would say, life's too short to bet the under. So I'm not betting it in real life. <laughs> yeah. But I have a, a hunch that the Rams are going to have trouble scoring. And the Bills, will t- because it's the first game, late, they'll be up, I think, a decent amount, take their foot off the gas. I don't have any evidence to back this up, but I would venture to guess that overs hit more than unders in week one because teams don't show anything in the preseason. So your first real look at things defensively is, is in week I'd be one. interested. I'm sure Vegas yeah, I don't knows. Know. I'm sure Vegas I, knows. That seems to make sense. By the way, the most common total is 51. Really? Over, I, I don't think it was last year. Last year's most common total score was 51 points. All right. And I, there's only two games this in week one that yeah. are over 51. Yep. It is this game and then the Chargers-Raiders game. Yeah. And they're you know, the pinball games that you would expect. Right. Right. But Chargers rate first week. Yeah, they don't get no breaks. That's crazy. No, I know, man. Tough. Listen, that Almost is as a... tough as this third good bet, bad bet, mm. which once again finds Bull on an island by himself. Ooh, Bull! Ninety-five and a half receiving yards for Cooper Cup and Bull once again going against the grain. Uh, Cooper Cup obviously is a great receiver, but he like his numbers last year were absurd. Whenever a guy has had a year like that, we saw it with. Um, What's his name? The running back that had 2,000 yards. Uh, That's what I said about Jonathan Taylor right. last like, week, and you guys nailed me for that. Now, that's a running back well, to a wide receiver. Yeah, but no. But it's I, very hard to do that it's, again. It's hard to repeat. I, no, I didn't nail you for that. I yeah. think it's possible he won't well, be. Well, I, I was saying I, I, the reason I wouldn't take Taylor first in the draft is because yeah. if you look historically as who is the, the best guy never has the best. Yeah. Never, it's it's never usually a new out. best guy. It's usually and a new best it. guy. I think Jamar Chase and, and Jefferson – We'll both have better years than Cooper Cup this year. Well, I think that's very possible, but yeah. he can still have 100 yards. He's still going to be that. great. 95 yeah. is not a very no, high He's still going to no. be great. In a game where you know they're going to throw the football, right. there's yeah. going to be a lot of points Van, scored. Van he Jeff- may have that by halftime. Van but Jefferson is not playing in his game. Yeah, but here's the, the thing. New I receiver yep. on the opposite, Noah Del Beckham, he's going to get this. Yeah, spot. but the new receiver is Allen Robinson. Yeah. He's a veteran, and I think they want to get him established. And it goes to my point again of I think the Rams' offense is going to struggle. And I think defenses this year are going in with the game plan that we got to slow down Cooper Cup. To your point earlier, you're not sure, but it seems the anecdotal evidence is that teams on offense do better in, in week one. I could be wrong on this. It's just in my mind, it seems like the team that wins the Super Bowl almost always struggles in the week one to start the next season. I don't know. Are they going to do I a ceremony a before the game? Today. Sometimes, in, I know in the NBA, sometimes I know that's true. They get their rings. They get their rings. That they night, raise the yeah, banner. Yeah. Their minds are anywhere but the game. Right. And then tip-off happens, and they're like, oh, we got to play a meaning, meaningless regular season game right. after what we just went through. So, I don't know. Anecdotally, it seems like – I'm not saying they lose the majority of time because I do think they win. But I think they everybody scratches their head and say, whoa, is New England still New England? Right. So I don't know. I, I agree with that. The only team, the only team I've ever seen have no problems is the Chicago Bulls. They go get their well, rings and destroy yeah, and then, people, and then tell everybody we're about to get we're another one. We're about to one. win another one. That's Good luck, so buddy. True. That's very true. Uh, by the way, that is not 
the defending Super Bowl champ, 38-16 and one. No, I, I said I struggle. I, I I would say that they overwhelmingly win the games. Struggle. Oh, but I don't think they don't win play. them as dominantly uh, as people yeah, that think I don't they know. will. That I don't know. You know, I just have in recent memory, I remember Super Bowl defending champs coming out the next year, and I'm like, wow. Even have they lost their fastball? They pull it like, out. Just pull it out. Yeah, they, they struggle, but they win. Cowboys yeah. Buccaneers a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Opening game. Oh, that was a great God. game. That was one of the best games That was one of the best games yeah. of the year. That was awesome. Now the Buccaneers pulled it out right. but they, but by the skin of their teeth. All right. I have one tweet to read you guys real quick. Okay. And then we're going to talk Guardians. So let's not get on a conversation here because we got to get the Guardians. <laughs> All right. But this is from Zach Jackson. He tweeted two minutes ago. Kevin Stefanski says the Browns gave Katie York 10 days off from the last preseason game till yesterday to keep his legs fresh. He was 16 of 18 on Wednesday, hit a 58-yarder, and, quote, smoked it. That's what I want to hear there right go, there. Jay. That's what I want to hear. Let's Bull hates about- it because – so, listen, let me make it clear. This, I, I said no, no, no. no, 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 no Mikey, it's your fault. Give me 30 seconds. 30 seconds, I the promise. There's certain things Bull can't hold his tongue. All right. Let me make it very Kate clear. Kate York being good is that one of them. I, No, you're wrong. Let me make it very clear that I do believe Kate York is going to be very good. And I'm Sometimes fine with them drafting him at this point. But stop telling me about his practice kicks. I don't give a. I want to say shit. What if I said? I what don't if I told care you about his practice. In practice. I don't. That would mean something. Oh. <laughs> if you're terrible, we've said that before. If you're practice. terrible, fun. Look, I don't is, care about his practice kicks. I know you don't. Yeah, I know you don't. We care about what he does in the game. All yes. right. Um, Speaking of what the we do, Guardians in the game. last yeah. night. Yeah, Class A. So a couple of things. Class A came in, looked horrible in the ninth. Uh, they Karinchek the looked horrible too. After Karinchek, I'll tell you this. The entire bullpen, and even the starter, who went yeah. four innings without his ridiculous pitch count, yeah. um, everybody looked good. And for some reason, I think the reason is, the Royals hit him earlier in this series. He got out of it, but it was shaky, and they hit him. And they hit him hard. And my fear is, because I've been waiting for this to happen with him, because he's been Jose Mesa-like in, 90, mm-hmm. in 97. Yeah. My fear all year has been... He can't carry this for 162 games in the postseason. Everybody has a slump. Mariana Rivera. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm, I'm nervous. And I know that you guys are going to look at me like, of course, you're going to say that now because he lost the game. Yeah. When he threw 10 of his first 11 pitches were balls. I'm sorry. I don't know who you're going to go to, but I, it's not. I got to no, get him out of there. I can't take him out. I know you don't. I, I know you can't. Yeah. I, and it's not hindsight. Yeah. After the second walk to start the inning. I was saying the same thing I was saying when Henches did it the other night. Yeah. Get him out of there. Yeah, but he's struggling guy, to find it. Get him out. It was amazing. I, I understand what you're saying, and with other pitchers, I would have done it. Not with this guy who's been lights out. Obviously, it didn't work out. He had seven walks going into the game. Walked and three that's guys why last I night. Done it. He, that he was really. Walk guys. It was really weird that he had no command. And Karinchek walked three last night. I know too. he did. So every it, one of the innings from six, seven, eight, and nine. The Royals left two guys on base in all of those innings. The Royal and the Royals are terrible. I mean, they got a terrible lineup besides Salvador Perez. But they're big leaguers too. And Bobby Witt. To uh, your point, I, love Bobby. I, I yeah. feel like Boone has pulled Chapman when he just can't. Yeah, but Chapman's having yes. a terrible year. No, but no, before I know. this year, throughout his career. But I also think Classe is a young guy, and you got to give him a chance to figure it He's out. He's not as young. Like I wouldn't want to do it two years ago, but he is so established as the best closer in the he game is. right now. I don't think you you're take out a closer. His, you're not going to dink his confidence. To me. His body language and his face said this to me: "Get me the hell out of here! I can't find it. I can't find it." Well, and there's I, nothing worse as a pitcher. I think you give him a chance. Not trusting your location, yeah. And he didn't trust it yeah, last night. And I don't think it's you're hurting his confidence. No, I think you're he, just trying to win this he game. He hasn't been in this position very often, very many mm-hmm. times where he can't command and yep. he can't. So let him figure it out. So you would have taken him out? No, no, I would have let him not. fight through. I, I let him, him figure it out because and Terry's never going to take him out. By the I, way, I need him in the big spots down the stretch. If he can't get it done, we're not going to the playoffs anyway. Look, to, to your point, there are nights that you just don't have it. Right. And when Henches came in the other night and threw four out of the first five for for balls, I yeah. felt he doesn't have it. Now I know sometimes you got to give a guy 10, 15 pitches. I have never. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure I've watched it before. I can't remember a time when I watched 10 out of 11 pitches from a guy who's known for his command be balls, and not just borderline balls. Now, there was a call there that he didn't get. The 12th pitch was at the, at the top of the zone. He didn't get it. Yeah, well, when but you're throwing 10 of 11 balls, you're not, not going to get it. Not gonna you're not yeah. going to get it, regardless of your reputation. Yeah. But it was obvious right away 
that he was struggling and it wasn't going to end so, well. But all you need is like double, one double play ball. Right. And I kept and saying that, that get him back he gets on a track. ground right. ball, he's yeah. out of the inning. It, but when it was second and th- after the base hit to tie it, I knew I God right hand to God. Yeah. I just finished my workout. I, I told my wife, I'm not going to watch. I'm going to take a shower. Yeah. What, what's but funny? I, because I, I knew how it was going to end. It's better now that he do it now than in the playoffs. It's yeah. Kinda, it's kind of like when LeBron used to miss them free throws. And you'd be like, man, LeBron is shooting 60%. But when the playoffs come, you you say, well, well we don't ho- know what this guy's going to be. They, they haven't made the right? playoffs yet. Yeah, we and don't know what he's going to be in the playoffs. Even Mariano Rivera would have some ba- a bad couple of days. You're right. I think Sandy he's L. fine. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. I'm not worried about him. You know, because again, if he falls apart in the last month, then we're done. And, they're done and, anyway. Guys, so. we just saw the tweet from John. They scored one run. You guys scored yeah, one run. Yeah, but you got, you play the Royals. I put it all on the offense. You're yeah. playing yeah. a horrible team. The offense has been you, bad. You and couldn't you, get anything going. Twins got swept in a doubleheader. They can't, I they know. never beat the Yankees. No, and now the White Sox and the Twins Both two are out. two games out. 12 of the next 15. 16. 12 of 16. I thought it was 15, but okay. 12 of, I thought it was 15. Either way, they've got You're right, 12, 12 games. You're in the next two weeks that's, against the teams that are going to decide this is the season. That's why I say starting next week, the 15th to the 22nd, it's all Twins and White Sox. It's like eight in a row. <laughs> well, I mean, they're off today, week. but tomorrow they, ha- they, right. they start a series with They got with, three with the in Minnesota, and then, then they three, home. then they come home, three with the Angels, yes, and then with the, five with five Minnesota with the, in four days. That's big. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the one. First, they play one game against the White, White Sox, Sox at home. Yes. Then yeah. three with the Angels, then five with the Twins, and then they go to Chicago for three. And I think we'll have a pretty good idea. Yeah. Will, and here's my fear. My fear is, and I know that you, you asked me yesterday, you're still confident they're going to make the playoffs yeah. a couple, last week. And I, I ratted off a bunch of reasons why. But at the time, the White Sox were five games out. Mm-hmm. My fear here is all year long, everybody has told Where are the White Sox? The Where White, White Sox, Sox are the team. Yeah. The White Sox are the team. It's interesting. La Russa now is out. I'm not sure that he's beloved in that dugout. Hey, I don't think they like him at all. I don't think all. they like him. No. It's interesting to me that he's gone, and all of a sudden you look at the standings, and the White Sox, who were five out a week ago, are two out, and they have to be feeling pretty good about their and chances And they have a good now. rotation. They have a really good rotation. Were you watching rotation. that game the other night? Were you guys watching when um, Dylan Cease had the no-hitter with two outs in the ninth? I, I, was, I was following it on my phone. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw he lost it with two outs in the ninth. Is he Cy Young this year? Uh, I no. think he I, No. You who don't is? think so? Verlander and McClanahan. Well, both well, they're Verlander. both hurt. Yeah, they're yeah. both hurt. I, I still think, I think Cease has had an incredible I think if, year. If those guys miss the rest of the season, I yeah, think Cease is going to win it. If they don't pitch again. He's right there. Especially if he's dynamic for them down yeah. the stretch against the Guardians. You might and they right. win the division. He's got the, I think it's it's his to lose. I think Verlander had it before he got hurt. I might have a different answer. But either way, he's in the top three. I mean, he's right there. phenomenal. And all year long, we've it's been kind of the Guardians and the Twins, but anybody who knows right. baseball we is kept waiting for the White, the White Sox. Sox are the yep. team. And finally, like two weeks ago, I was like, I think the White Sox are finally done. I and said since that too. Then, they were five out. Right. And since then, and they've the gotten injuries. they've played better. Tony right. Larusa goes away, and all of a sudden, do do yeah. do do do. Now they're yeah. two right. out with and a chance to be in first place by the end of this week. And by the way, the, the Indians or the Guardians changed their rotation for this week, and they moved everybody up because they have yeah, the off day. Yeah, I saw that. Do we know why? Well, Jay? because now you could have all your three top starters pitching against the Twins. I guess, but it's not short rest. Because they have an off day yeah, today. Yeah, the off day today helps. So you're hey, going to have. Is this their last off day the rest of the year? Uh, it's their last. Well, I don't know. It's the last, last off day in this 16 game stretch. I'm not sure about the last week. I, I, I think it the, might be. They gave up the off day for the White Sox reschedule. I think it but might isn't be. Is there another rescheduled game that. With that Kansas I remember, City, maybe? I remember it being in September, and it was late in September, and I thought, they're not going to have any days off yeah. to close the year. You may be right. Uh, they, they do play the Royals at home like 17 times in a row. I don't understand. How did that happen that they're playing I know. six games? That is at super all? bizarre. Have you ever seen that before? No. I've never not, seen it either. Or is that a rain maker? No, it's scheduled. It was scheduled that way as far as I know. They do have an off day September 26th, by the okay. way. They have one more off day Okay. The and the season. Now, are you looking at the schedule that was put out at the beginning of the year, though? Or are you looking at like a schedule that would is be Is it on MLB.com? I'm yeah. listening to Anthony, who says he's looking at CBS, who says it does update. Okay. okay, as long as it updates. Well, that's one off day the rest of the year. And, by the way, if nothing, if, if a game gets rained out, then they would be off that day, but yeah. then that 26th date would yeah. be filled. Right, right, right. It's a, or a doubleheader. Yeah. I do like this, the closing the year with six against the Royals yeah. at home. Yeah. I think that is, that is huge. perfect But they for played us. Tampa Bay right before that. Who's, I know. You know Tampa, Bay's struggling. Got Tampa Bay's only five behind the Yankees, though. I know. Which is 
which the Yankees had a huge lead. They were yeah, up by about, 13 or 14 games. They're about firing Cashman now. Ken Rosenthal just wrote for us that they, really? may, have to, they may have to look at – He's been there 20-something years. I know. The Yankees have been – abysmal and I cannot say you know what though like the, enough emphasis they've been ding too they've had a lot of injuries they just and, want, yeah but not as many as like the twins and white Sox. and you know what I don't more. I don't really think it matters much all you got to do is get in the playoffs. get in the playoffs yeah is judge gonna uh, hit oh, hit more than 61 what are you 50 he's at 55. 55 I think he's gonna get there why would anybody pitch to him right now nobody else on the team can hit and they are pitching to him their, their lineup's a disaster besides him right it's now before we do final takes yeah a judge stat that was kind of cool He's the first Yankee since Babe Ruth to score 100% of his team's runs in a two-game stretch against the By the way, as much as I love today. as much as I love Otani, as much as I love Otani and I know he's pitching too, I'm still voting for Aaron Judge for MVP. That's going to be uh, a really interesting race. And by the way, who for do the you P- have, Jason? Jeff Passan swung me to Otani with this tweet yeah. of showing like Mookie Betts stat line, yep. Aaron Judge stat line. I think it was McClanahan's well, stat line yep. and Otani's stat but line. Yeah, and thing, when though, you look at it, unbelievable. it's unbelievable because well, you're getting that out of one guy. I know. That we might as well uh, just give him the award every year. Yeah. Well, well listen, that I mean, was my argument with LeBron. Listen, he had years in there. He should have won If he plays yep. at the level is. that he's playing right now, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Because yeah. he's the only guy that can do it. I think the – I always – Thought the MVP should be a hitter and the Cy Young should be the pitcher. That's all I thought, but whatever. I mean, it's, it's an unusual circumstance. I just think as much as usually I don't factor in the record, but the Angels suck. He's playing under no pressure at all. Aaron Judge has to carry the most scrutinized team in all of baseball. I have. A, I mean, I, 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 there's a producer upstairs at Channel Three that has one of five rookie cards, Otani's rookie cards, yeah, with a, a signature on it. So it was oh, put wow. out by Tops, and the, and and they were labeled one, two, three, four, five. He has number one. Oh wow! I'm like, you're sitting on a lottery ticket there, yeah. because if he has longevity yeah. and he can continue to play at this level, he's he's changing the game. He's, there's nobody else that can do what he's doing, and there are other guys that can hit. Not not maybe as many home runs as Judge. We have a lot of home run hitters. We've right. got a lot of dominant pitchers, but nobody's doing no the same doing thing. Both. I don't think. It, yeah. I, by the way, does anybody else even have 40 home runs? In baseball, I don't think so. I don't know that nobody they in the national league. And bad does. job, bad job of people not pitching to to Aaron Judge. Come on, man. Ba- baseball wants to be. They are known. pitching. No, to they him, are though. pitching. I'm, I'm just saying. Why yeah. would Judge has 19 more home runs than anyone else in baseball? That's amazing. I, that, uh, that's crazy. I don't know why you would pitch around him. Like, come on, bro. This is this is for a record. Like, I I feel like you should be mandated well, but if, by rule. Yeah, but the we Guardians get mad are at, playing him, uh, and it's uh, two to one in the seventh inning, no. and the bases are empty, and there's two outs. He's not seeing a pitch. I I'm just pointing to first base. I think it's lame to purposely pitch around him just to not give up the home run. But I don't have a problem pitching around them because it's a smart baseball move. No, that's when you do yeah. it. That's yeah. when you pitch around. I them. mean, that's you know we don't. And you wanna, know, look, you don't want to hand guys records. They got to earn it. I mean, Bonds was getting walked three, four times intentionally well, too. Right, everybody was scared of Bonds. They that were walking crazy. Up. Bonds got walked with the bases loaded. <laughs> yeah, I know. Multiple times. I, I yeah. will never and, see that. Yeah, you know again. what? Yeah, we'll never see that and, again. And it worked. Like, right, because you were like, I'd rather give up one run than four. And and I think Madden did it once, and I think there was one other manager that oh, it did happened, it. Yeah, but it happened in, a couple in, of times. In, in the situations that I was watching, yeah. it was this, it not only was the smart move at the time, yeah. but it, it yeah. panned I out. Mean, you to, never know what he would have done. He yeah, might have hit a double play. You possibly, don't, but, you, but you, you, we do have the benefit of the results of the, what the guys behind that's him true. ended up doing. How that's many true. home runs would he have had if he just got walked half 90, less? Oh my 90. God. If you take his at-bats, his home runs per at-bat, he had over 200 walks. Yep. Yeah. If you take his home runs per at bat yeah. that he averaged in, and by the way, he was walked 200 times. He set the record for the most intentional walks. But if you go back and you look at the reel of his home runs, a lot of them were horrible pitches. Right. He wasn't getting. Yeah. He got no. And two he didn't have shots. a great lineup around him. I mean, Jeff Kent was behind him, who was a he really had good hitter. Get some protection but, for a period of that time. Yeah. But That's he was crazy. hitting pitches that were. Below his knees. That's yeah. crazy. He was hitting pitches that were <laughs> inside. Like, he loves the inside pitch. But there were a lot of times he was, he was hitting pitches that were off the plate. And he yeah. was hitting them out. His bat speed was ridiculous. I was like, how are you getting to that? I know. Mm. And, and a lot of guys just dismiss it for the PEDs. There yeah. were a lot of guys using PEDs right. in that They era. weren't hitting as many and home runs And they weren't hitting 73 home right. runs either. Here is the wrap-up on this conversation before final takes. But this, I think, puts what Otani's doing into context with the Angel. This is a tweet that went viral a couple of days ago. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Every time I see an Angels highlight, it's like Mike Trout hits three home runs, raises his average to 528, while Shohei Otani did something that hasn't been done since Tungsten Arm O'Doyle of the 1921 Akron <laughs> I get it. I love Shohei. The Tigers defeated the Angels 8-3. to three. Good old Tungsten. Old. I understand, but Shohei Otani's playing under no pressure. I love the guy. I want him on my team anytime. He's playing with no pressure. His team stinks. I do don't you? care. He's doing things that have never been done. Yeah, in that's why I do it. But, so a, a lot of guys true. won't vote for an MVP if their team's not in the playoffs, which I thought – I would think, wasn't there a I year I generally where don't believe in Durham, that philosophy. Where, where, wasn't there a year where uh, Durham with the Cubs, they, they were yeah. a Andre whole, Dawson. Uh, Andre Dawson. Yeah. And His numbers were just so much better than everybody else. I know, else. but this right. is that case. It's, so, it's an outlier. It has to be But Aaron Judge outlier. is better than Otani so offensively. Okay, but Otani's better as a pitcher. Year? I know that, but... No, I, if I just, he didn't win it last year, would you vote for him this year? Otani. Yes. No, I... I, I I would not vote for him this year, but I understand why people do. It, it's almost Wait, because unf- he won it last year. No, I just think I just think Judge is having such a magnificent season, right? That I'm choosing unfairly, maybe, to disregard the pitching staff. Yes, it's hey, Jason, that is unfair. Just, Jason has a final take. We made graphics for it today, so we got okay. Let's go. Right, let's do it. Interesting. It's, it's let's so do it. Bull. Skip so me. Skip me. Just go right to Jason. Yeah, that's fair. Jason. It's on you then. Well, since I couldn't figure out my internet last week when the Cavs traded for Donovan Mitchell, and yeah, I tried doing it from my yeah. car and froze. <laughs> tried doing it from my house and froze. And <laughs> I enjoyed that text chain, by yes. the way. It was so embarrassing. I could feel your pain. So there's one thing I wanted to touch on. Obviously, this is my first time in since the Cavs traded for Donovan Mitchell. And there's only one piece to this that I want to illustrate because it's an interesting little situation the Cavs are going to run into in a couple of years. In the NBA, they have a thing called a designated uh, rookie extension. And basically, it allows teams one extra year to extend guys coming off their rookie deals. So you can get five years instead of four. But only two guys are allowed to have this on the roster. They just gave one to Darius Garland, and they just traded for one in Donovan Mitchell. So what does that mean for Evan Mobley? Because at the rate he's going, at the pace he's progressing, it sure looks like Mobley's going to earn one of these types of contracts. And it's in the Cavs' best interest to sign him to a five-year extension rather than a four-year extension. Obviously, you get an extra year of control over this guy. So the first time that Evan Mobley becomes eligible for one of these contract extensions is the summer of 2024 after his third year, just like with Darius this year. And there you see I put the line, the hash line in. This is courtesy of SpotRack.com. But Donovan Mitchell still has one more year on his contract for the 24-25 season. So what do you do? The Cavs have a couple of options here. Number one, they could just offer Evan a four-year deal, not the five-year. They could offer him a four-year deal in that summer of 2024. Obviously not ideal. You want to get him that fifth year. You could wait and kick the can down the road to his restricted year. There you see where Donovan Mitchell has a player option in 25-26. If they, let's, let's play best case scenario here. Donovan Mitchell loves his time in Cleveland. He stays the three years, and he wants to stay longer. They tear up the current deal. They give him a new deal beginning in 25-26. And then Mobley, that opens what a slot for that designated rookie extension. And as he enters restricted free agency, Evan can get that five-year deal. He can go ahead and get that extra year. The problem with that is you're asking possibly your best player on the team one more year to wait for a mega deal. Now, he has no say in the matter. He's under team control, but it's not great for relations. The best outcome in all of this might be changing the CBA, which is not as outrageous as it sounds. The new CBA is coming out, or the CBA expires in 2024, and there's already talk of abolishing this rule. A lot of teams don't like the rule because it hinders. They don't like the player empowerment, the player movement, all these guys moving around. And this is just another way to allow teams to hold on to their guys longer. So by doing it this way, by just waiting for the new CBA to, to come open and negotiations to begin, they very well may just abolish this rule, and it's something the Cavs don't even have to worry about. But it's just something I wanted to point out, something to highlight and illustrate. It's come up a couple of times. Yeah. It's not certainly it's not a reason not to make the Donovan Mitchell. You love trade the deal, the right? Place. I love the deal. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great deal. I think it, it, that twenty twenty nine pick, no one cares about it now. That could but, be a top. Yeah, five they could pick. be crappy by then. Yeah, they could yeah. be really bad by then. But you can't worry about that right now. You're going for it now. I think it's a great deal for the Cavs in the moment. But just keep an eye on this designated rookie extension rule as it comes forward, uh, and just something to keep an eye on. 
as negotiations unfold over the next few years. Real quick question. Can they extend, can they rip up Donovan Mitchell's contract before that player option yeah. to get him I off asked that. that and didn't yeah. really get a clear answer on okay. it. I don't know. I think, I, I don't know. I, I typically in the NBA, you go to the end of the deal, right? And then he would opt out. Now another that you know, no one wants to talk about this. He could come to them after two years and say, "Listen, I got a year left. I'm not coming back. Right? Do with me what you will. I'm not coming back." And then the Cavs have a decision to make: Do you ride it out and let him leave as a free agent? You know, decline the player option and right. leave, or do you try and trade him and recoup some of those assets? It depends where they are as a team. It depends where point. they are yeah. as a team. That obviously probably is the worst case scenario. Fans don't want to think about that, but it's it's a viable option we, that he comes to them in two years and says, "I'm I'm that next year is going to be my last year." And now they have a decision to make. We keep talking about um, you know where they are now. And they need a small four, and they need another three and D guy. Is that something that's not going to happen um, right now, or they're going to try to find that between what they got and just? No, it's not going to happen. This is yeah. this is who they have for the most part. Yeah, I, I think Isaac Okoro is going to be the starting small forward. Uh, I, the, according to the numbers I crunched, their average starting age in the starting lineup next year is going to be twenty three point three years old, wow. which <laughs> is staggeringly young for how good they could be for wow. a contender. For a contender. What uh, do you have? Something in mind where you'd like to see them, it, like, are they an Eastern Conference semifinal team or, or this is a disappointment or East too early so to label it? Yeah, yeah I think the, the East is just absolute meat grinder right now. And I, I'm still a big you, – you have teams. Chicago, after LeBron left, Chicago went from the eight seed to the one seed. But for the most part, you need to get there first and just figure it out. And that's why last year was so kind of not devastating but disappointing. That they didn't get that playoff series. That they series. didn't get that playoff series. Yeah. Because what they got, the plan is nothing like the actual playoffs. So, I would, I mean, get to the playoffs and see what happens this year. And then next year, excuse me, I think next year, the expectations really mount. Yeah, it, it, it's so hard in the, in the NBA to go from not making the playoffs to a deep playoff run. It's so progressive. You've got to take those steps. Yeah. It's just part. Look at Jordan and the steps that he had to take before he even finally Golden got State. over the Even Golden, Golden State, State got there. You're right. And yeah. then exploded. And LeBron went through it, too. LeBron you know, went through it, just, too. It takes time. The good news for Cavs fans is the pieces are here. Now you feel yeah. like, okay, here it is. got to put it in the oven, let them bake, let them become what they're going to become. But I want to know if you think this statement is hyperbole because I said it on our Channel 3 show. Mm -hmm. And I, I did hear from some people that were like, well, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. For me, mm -hmm. this is the most excitement I've had about a non-LeBron Cavs team since the early 90s. Is that hyperbole? No, I think no. that what other team I've never been be? excited about a Cavs team. I since haven't the either. 90s. I haven't either. I mean, I love they've some of those terrible. 90s teams. But yeah, the 90s had... teams were fun, but I feel like for the first time. But you time, said since the 90s teams. I haven't been as excited about a Cavs team. Right. Since Doherty Price. LeBron James. Since, since Doherty Price, Hot right. Rod. Right, yeah. And, and Agreed. The, it kind of, if you take the LeBron era out of the Cavs history, it's one it's, of the most abysmal franchises oh, yeah. oh, that's oh, not oh, named yeah. the Clippers. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And part of that was by design, especially the first time he left. They didn't want to be any good. They wanted right. to be bad. They wanted to stockpile picks. But I, they haven't won a playoff series without LeBron since 93. There you go. Something like I that. Think yeah. they, I think they. How many playoff right. series wins do they have? Period. Without LeBron, not many. No, because the miracle like at Richfield was a first-round series. Yeah, uh, it was best of five, I think, and I think that was it yeah. until they, those '90s teams. Had they ever been through to the Eastern Conference Finals? No, no, not without LeBron. Not without. I thought they did in the '90s. Would they get bounced in the second round by I, Chicago? I, I, no, I think they always lost in the semis to the Bulls. So I mean. Man, it's been slim pickings. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I'm not going to label this team as a team that should go, should make a finals, an Eastern Conference finals. But I would think that in time, particularly if they can figure out the Rubik's Cube, the math Rubik's Cube, I would think that this core group can get them there. Yeah. Well, they've in got, time. They've it got, gives them a chance. They've got three yeah. years for sure with Donovan Mitchell. If they right. want to, if in, you know, like we said, depending on what he says in year three of I'm leaving, do what you want with me, but I'm not coming back. Or maybe he says, I love it here and I'm willing to stay. We'll wait and see. But he's got, awesome. he's got time here. Uh, but, they, you know, that's so what I wrote last week is they have all the pieces to win a championship without the overwhelming pressure to do it right now. Mm -hmm. When LeBron yeah. was here, it was you got to do it right, right. now, yeah, this right. year. The window, we know that the window has a couple of years on it. And, and, and a team like Brooklyn is a veteran team that thing could implode at any minute. Yes. Milwaukee, and that's not long term either. No. Really. And Milwaukee has contract decisions they have to make coming up. Al Horford sure. think, has, I think, a year left on his deal in Boston. So these really, really good teams in the East right now, 
not necessarily going to be really, really good two or three years from now. The yeah. Cavs have a little bit of time. Yeah, and to your point about missing the playoffs a year ago, that is that cannot be overstated because it's huge. Getting the experience in whether it's the NFL or baseball or the NBA, as much as they think that the competition is as high as it can go, everybody after they go through that first playoff series or game, they always yeah. say the same thing. Wow. Not to mention it was J- ratcheted up. Not to mention JB Bickerstaff needs the experience. Yeah. Sure, being a head coach, they shouldn't even be. They shouldn't be. They got to avoid the playing round this well, year. Well, at they least should. they got Kevin Love and Donovan Mitchell played in the playoffs, so at least they have. That's some true. They have some playoff leadership. experience. Yeah. By the way, I think Love's role on this on this team moving forward. I mean, for one year, I think it's I think it's very important that they have yeah. a guy like him around. And Ricky Rubio's playing. Yes. Rubio playoffs. too. Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't expect much out of Rubio this year. You wouldn't. ACL he's not going to be back, yeah, he'll be back in January, first yeah. year back from ACL. Yeah. So I think next year, and again, I, I don't want to keep, like, you have every reason to be excited about this Cavs yeah, team this sure. year. But I think They're next still a year, year off. I think next year is really going to be ramped up expectations. All right, I'm thrilled. I can't wait. All right, we're taking a 22-hour break. We're back tomorrow. Tomorrow is our final show of the preview of the Panthers and the Browns. I'll take a quick second to remind everybody that if you haven't heard about this yet, when the game Sunday goes into the two-minute warning, go to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show YouTube page. We will have a post-game show that begins at the two-minute warning. So as right. Baker Mayfield throws that pick on the last play of the game that gives the Browns the win, you will have the lucky ticket to watch Bull dance like he's never danced before. Hopefully with pants on this time. Yes. Yes, please wear bottoms. Bottoms. 50-50 shot. Anyhow, uh, tell your friends about that show, too, because by week 10, everybody is going to be watching this postgame show because it's the final two minutes of the game. We'll watch it with you. And then into the postgame. Yes. Uh, We'll see you on Friday, tomorrow, 22-hour break. The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is back to preview the Browns and the Panthers one last time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.